Can I get a chance to visit with Nick Archuleta in just a second here? Nick is the head of ND United. Uh, he's one of those individuals that each and every day gets up, makes a difference, and advocates on behalf of kids. How in the world do you not respect that? I mean, that that would be a great life to live, and one that certainly as an educator and now as an administrator is is perfectly fit for for Nick. Um, I yesterday and and let's the phone call happened because yesterday there was questions about teachers retirement and i don't know if i've got some of it wrong or if others got some of it wrong but i don't want to get this wrong i want the public to understand what the process is how it works and so i called nick obviously the conversation is going to get to a deeper issue it's going to get to you know education as a whole but i, I want to get him on and talk about what was there yesterday nick good to have you on news and views Hey, Joel, it's great to be with you. Explain to people how teachers' retirement works. <laughs> well, that's, that is a, uh, quite a task. Uh, but let me just put it this way. Teachers, um, of course, they work uh, a career in education, and at the, uh, every month they put in a chunk of their uh, salary into uh, a retirement fund. And then at the end of a long career, they get to draw that back out, and uh, it becomes one of the uh, the three-legged stool that we need uh, to have a sound retirement. Of course, there's Social Security that teachers pay into, uh, the Teacher Fund for Retirement, and then personal savings constitutes that three-legged stool uh, so that people in their retirement uh, won't find themselves living in poverty. There. I mean, in terms of when they can retire, how this works— you know, the, okay, I went back to the rule of 85, Nick, and so I want uh, you to explain it from there. Sure. The uh, Well, this requires a little bit of nuance because it's different for, for educators depending on, on uh, where they were uh, back in 2011. Uh, you'll remember in, in 2008, 2009, we had uh, an, incredibly, uh, an incredible collapse of the financial system. Um, we were on the precipice of depression, if, if uh, memory serves, and uh, everybody with a 401k saw that 401k shrink from whatever it was down to pretty close to zero. Um, we saw that, that same thing happen to larger funds like the Teacher Fund for Retirement and North Dakota PERS Retirement Fund. When, when the market collapsed, uh, that was not good at all for the health of those, of those uh, entities. Um, so at that point, both PERS and TFFR went to the legislature uh, to seek a remedy to, uh, to shore up these plans. Uh, the legislature, in, in their wisdom, um, did shore up the plan, approved a plan that was created by uh, the Teacher Fund for Retirement, and that plan then created a two-tiered system so that those teachers who were grandfathered in uh, to that plan, uh, their retirement didn't change much at all except for the, a higher contribution, and then the second, those teachers hired after a specific date um, then went to the rule of 90. So that means they had to have a combination of their age and their teaching experience that led them to 90 before they were fully uh, able to take advantage of the teacher fund for retirement. See, and that was what I was getting at with 85. It was age and, and teachers, how many years, and it just, it actually I thought was a system that worked. And now you mentioned 08, you know, on the, on the, the, the edge of depression, I get that. I understand it. But this this new system was actually led by and pushed by Governor uh, Burgum, was it not? 
Um, well, I, I don't know. Well, he wasn't governor back in 2011. No, but, but I mean a, a new method of how we look at retirement, I guess, is a better way to sure. ask the question. Yeah, yeah I think it, and, and, uh, let, let's just put TFFR aside for a second and take a look at, at the PERS retirement plan. Well, the, the fix that the, uh, that the legislature granted for the teacher fund for retirement wasn't uh, also uh, afforded to the teacher fund for retirement. So in 2011, um, what the legislature did was set the TFFR up for success, and what they didn't do to support the, the uh, PERS retirement plan set PERS up for failure. And then what we saw last session, of course, was the legislature passed a, uh, a law that said that they would, they would be getting rid of the, the defined benefit plan and move everybody over to a 401k defined contribution plan. Um, those would be for new hires. Those those employees that are in the system will will still have their defined benefit plan. Um, but anyone hired after January 1st of 2025 will have a 401k. Um, so uh, that's that's what happened when when the legislature took responsible action and and, and shored up uh, TFFR. Uh, that was a good thing by not acting in uh, to help uh, PERS plan. They set it on a course to to failure. Yeah. So there, uh, Nick. I would. Amy and I were talking before you came on about public education as a whole and, and whether or not we're succeeding. Give me your grade for it. Uh, I think that public educators and and uh, public schools have been doing a terrific job educating uh, the children of North Dakota. Now, could we do better? Absolutely. And we, you should know, and your listeners should know, Joel, that every day, every single school district is striving to be better at what they do. Um, the things that they have control over, they're doing very well. Those things that they have no control over and that are contributing factors to a student's education are things that need to be worked on, not just by teachers, not just by school districts and administrators, but by uh, society as a whole. And I, I think that it's, uh, it is in the best interest of the state of North Dakota to make sure that uh, we are, in fact, going uh, down the right road and, and, and having great conversations about what can we do to maximize student achievement. And I think that's why Governor Burgum, uh, uh, he's put together the Recruitment and Retention Task Force. And I think that that has uh, a great potential to come up with recommendations that will, in fact, shore up the teaching profession, as well as uh, uh, come up with ways to handle things like uh, student discipline and, and some of the other issues that are, that are uh, troubling in, in education. Are kids better or worse? Than what they were before in terms of their approach to education. Kids are kids, right? And and I don't think there is a single child, uh, particularly those with the diagnosed um, behavioral issues, that gets up in the morning and says, "I'm going to make everyone's life miserable today." I, I don't think that happens. Uh, I think what we need to do is find those strategies and interventions early on that work with these children, and and then make sure that we're that reinforced throughout their school day. Not, and not just in school, but also at home. Um, there is an awful lot of, of, of pressure. I think it's tougher being a kid now than it was uh, when I was growing up back in the 70s, the 60s and 70s. Um, frankly, social media is something that, that has, I believe, a very negative effect on children's uh, uh, attention span as well as their, uh, how they want to spend their time and what they're seeing. Um, I don't think that kids are reading enough early enough uh, frankly, and, and I think that those are some issues that we can help with. Um, uh, that and the fact that, uh, you, you know, we have uh, some students that really don't have a great home life, 
and and uh, anything that we can do as a public to to improve that, we should be doing. Because frankly, we don't do anything more important than educating our future. I mean, we are all going to depend on a workforce that is well trained um, and and knowledgeable to, to to you know continue the strong democracy that we have. So um, I'm all for doing everything that we possibly can to shore that up. Do you think parents are better or worse? I think that uh, parents have an awful lot on their plate. Let's face it, uh, they're having to work. uh, Some of them are working two or three jobs uh, to make ends meet. There are things that parents are having to deal with um, on a daily basis that my parents didn't have to deal with. Um, And and a lot of that has to do, again, with social media. A lot of it has to do with with, uh, the availability frankly, the, uh, of, of, uh, of information that, frankly, is not helpful or healthy for children. So they, they certainly have their, their plates full. I would say the one thing, though, that, that uh, could help things, and it won't cost a dime, but it would help things uh, remarkably, is if people would actually learn uh, more about public education in their schools. We know from our polling that, that uh, parents love their schools and, and they love their teachers. We know that. Um, but I, I think that if the public was uh, more informed about what it is exactly that, that goes on in the school building, um, Nicole Pullman, when she was in the legislature, said something that I, I'll never forget. She was testifying on a bill, and she said that if you haven't been in a public school building in the last five years, you haven't been in a public school building. Education is rapidly changing. But one of the things that we could do as a society that doesn't cost a dime is to tone down our rhetoric when we talk about our, our institutions that we have long held. Uh, faith in, including public education. I think that we need to be mindful about what we say, uh, particularly if we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, teachers are out there every single day working their best, doing their best to make sure that their students have uh, the best possible chance of success, not just in school, but in life after school. And to have folks who would rather turn that into a political uh, 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 scrum, uh, that's just not helpful. If you're sitting at a coffee table and somebody walks up, and they say, listen, between retirement, what happens in that classroom, uh, the days that are actually spent in the classroom, teachers have it so easy because they really only work part-time. What's your answer to them? The average teacher work week is 54 hours a week. Um, they only work part-time? That's just not true. Uh, in the summers, we have teachers that are going back to college to, to improve their skills as, as an educator to earn an extra degree so that they can earn extra salary. Um, uh, when it comes to professional development in the private sector, typically the company takes care of uh, professional development for their employees and education for whatever reason. It is the, uh, the teacher themselves that pays for their own professional development. That all gets very expensive. And then, you know, you have, we have young people that are, are not seeing the value in attaining a uh, a degree in education, and we need to, to step up and, and ask those hard questions, which is what Governor Burgum's Recruitment and Retention Task Force is, is charged with doing. Why aren't more young people choosing education as a profession? Uh, why are they leaving the profession before they had planned on it? I, I know I've shared this, this statistic before, but um, we did a survey, and when we asked the question, did you plan on retiring as a teacher after a long career, um, 91% of, of those that responded said, yeah, when I became a teacher, I assumed that I was going to retire as a teacher. That number is now below 50%. Yeah. So um, we have got to do something to restore the luster, the respect, the dignity uh, that the teaching profession 
uh, once had and, and can have again. We need to work on that. A couple of things. Number one, they don't get paid that much. Number two, they don't get appreciated that much. Number three, the very people that aren't appreciating them, they can't look at and say, you know, maybe it'd be great if one time you paid attention to your kids and, and did what you could to help them rather than hurt them. Gee, those are just mine. I'm not going to make you address the last one, uh, but but speak to me about if those are concerns. Well, all of our polling tells us uh, that, uh, Joel, you're right about the pay and benefits. That, of course, is, is always a concern. That's a concern for everybody that works for a living. But in, in, per in particular, these teachers, they are well-trained, uh, highly educated, and we know that they make probably close to 17% less than they could make in the private sector. And that's what we're finding out in a, in a tight job market like this, that many teachers are leaving the profession of teaching to get a better-paying job with a lot less stress uh, and, and weekends off uh, that, that they're, they're not able to do while they're, while they're teaching. Um, when it comes to parenting, I, I, I will say this, though, Joel, that in North Dakota, uh, school districts and teachers have a long history of working with parents where we take that child, we put them at the center of our very best intentions for them and, and work together to craft a plan that works for that student. Um, I don't think that has to change, and I don't think by and large in most school districts that, that isn't changing. But there are some folks out there, and you've seen it before in some of the uh, 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 school board meetings and things that they come with a different agenda and that agenda unfortunately does not put that child front and center and um, I think that that's what we have to get back to and make sure that that we give that kid the best chance they possibly have uh, it, it, I want to jump back to retirement once I, I just wanted to, to let you know that um, the employee contribution to their uh, teacher fund for retirement is 11.75 percent and that's on top of the 6.2 percent that everybody pays if they're working for somebody else, uh, into Social Security. Um, now, some school districts, in fact, I think probably the majority by now, uh, are on what's called Model 2 Partial, where they pay part of the employee contribution as well. But they do that in lieu of salary. Mm -hmm. and, and that was one of those, uh, you know, every single school district has, a, has an individual contract with their teachers. And some districts, if they can't afford a, a salary increase, they'll say, hey, here's what we can do. We can pick up a, a, an extra percentage of your uh, retirement. What happens when the teacher the passes away? What happens with that retirement? Did, does the spouse well, get it? I mean, what what happens with the money that they socked away? That's exactly what it is. It's a defined benefit plan so that um, the money in the teacher fund for retirement goes to the beneficiary that's named uh, at the time of the, of the plan or the, the latest updated plan. So, um, for example, um, if, if something uh, were to happen to me, uh, my beautiful bride would, would get my retirement until she passed away. Yeah, there, period. Uh, so, I mean, for me, the biggest issue, if you want to think about teachers, go to any school system in the rural areas and find out how that retired teacher is doing. Because what you're going to find is that they're substitute teaching and they're driving school buses. Fair, Nick? Yep, that's fair. Exactly. They believe in the system. Nick, always good to talk to you, man. Thanks for giving us hey. your time. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. You bet. Nick Archuleta.